Welcome to It's Happening, a college career podcast hosted by the Career Services Center at Marquette University. I'm Gracie Van Spankeren, and I'm a career counselor. And I'm Maria Mostek, our associate director. Here's the show. So this week on the show, we have a really cool guest, maybe even a really sweet guest if we want to be cheesy about it. Julia, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? <laughs> Hi, I am Julia. I am the owner of C. Adams Bakery in the Milwaukee Public Market and Black Twig Bakery in the Tosa Village. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being on the show today. It's really fun to have a business owner. And especially I don't feel like people necessarily come to Marquette thinking like, I'm going to go become a person who bakes stuff. So tell us a little bit about how you got into that. Yeah. So, well, the baking or the Marquette, I guess we'll start with the baking. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have always liked working. I've had a job since I was very young. Mm -hmm. One of my first jobs was frying donuts at Kistler's Donuts as a, I was probably 14, maybe. Um, that was a very exciting job on a Friday night. And then after that, I moved on to a different bakery, um, did production of cookies, breads, things like that. And during that time, um, my mom was working at Marquette and it was kind of an understanding that we, my sister and I would attend Marquette because it was free tuition. It was an, an amazing opportunity. I definitely wanted to take advantage of that. So I kind of put the baking thing aside um, and went to Marquette. Uh, I got an undergrad in English and anthropology with a minor in German and then went on to grad school to get a um, master's in English literature. Mm -hmm. So and then I came back into the baking. I realized once I got an office job that I did not like sitting still for many hours. It was mm -hmm. driving me insane. And so I happened to walk into the public market one day and the owner of a bakery that I had worked at as a teenager had started a new business in the Milwaukee public market. I asked her for a job. I worked there for a number of years and I eventually bought the business. That's my story. <laughs> wow all in like a minute and a half right? all wrapped up yeah. so there you go. and that's the end of the podcast yeah. <laughs> that's the show thanks for listening <laughs> I think like many young people don't think oh the things you're doing in high school is gonna like turn into a career someday necessarily but maybe I'm wrong um what were you hoping to do in college and maybe how did you select your major for sure yeah. I never thought that I would be a business owner. Um, I never thought that I would own a, a bakery, especially when I went into college. I, I mean, I've always had a passion for reading, for literature, and I especially had a, pa a passion for anthropology. Um, I envisioned myself traveling the world, uh, doing something with either archaeology or anthropology. Marquette didn't offer at the time, I'm not sure if they do now, an anthropology master's. And in order to get the full tuition remission, you had to go right from undergraduate to grad school. And since I had a double major in English, I just thought it made sense to get the most bang for my buck and uh, get a master's in English, which I don't regret. I mean, it was an amazing opportunity. I'm very grateful for that. Um, but I guess as an 18-year-old, I didn't have a plan. I'm not sure if most 18-year-olds do. I don't think I had a plan until I was probably a 27-year-old when I started mm -hmm. really taking seriously the idea of purchasing this bakery and moving towards that career path. In hindsight, I wish I would have gone to business school because that's mm -hmm. what I realized that my passion is. It's not even so much baking, it's business. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think it's hard for most 17, 18-year-olds to realize that. 
Yeah. I know some of your story, you, you talk about um, your interest in like creativity and in art. So if money was no object, because you kind of suggested that, you know, you were told you're going to go to Marquette because it's a good school and you get free tuition. But if you could have done anything after graduation from high school, what would you have done? I probably would have gone to art school. That was my number Mm -hmm. one goal. I don't know if that would have changed my Mm -hmm. trajectory, however, Mm -hmm. because I really do think that I landed where I should have been. And it wasn't so much the education I received. It was just the time that I allowed myself. And college was amazing because I think to allow a person between the age of 18 and 22 to just live a completely, in some ways, like self-indulgent life is incredibly necessary for them to discover who they are. It's not an opportunity that everybody gets. So I'm like very grateful for that. But Mm -hmm. I think I would have ended up where I am now, regardless of the initial education path that I took. Mm-hmm. if that makes sense <laughs> yeah no it totally does it's also interesting because it's sort of like it speaks to like some people kind of feel like there's like there's a calling or there's something that the universe is like preparing for them and they can't see it yet and so it, it seems like you see that on some level that that this was going to fall into place for you whether or not it was related to your undergraduate major or your your master's degree yeah, I I don't know if I necessarily would feel that it's my calling, but it, <laughs> I think the best a person can hope for with a career is a thing that they don't dread. And I don't dread my job ever. I don't have that. I used to have, you know, that Sunday night feeling when I had previous jobs of like, oh, my God, I can't do this. I never have that anymore. There's days where it's like really hard or days where it's, you know, a really long day, especially around the holidays. There's obviously stressors, finding employees finding ingredients right now Mm. COVID was very challenging and created a lot of stress but I I feel as a business owner um more in control of whatever horrible things are happening (laughs) than I did working somewhere which I think speaks like it says that goes a long way to feel Mm -hmm. in control of the yucky stuff (laughs) than just being like subject to it I worked an office job prior to this and it was just, it was a, not a great office job and it was a call center. It was high volume. It was busy. It was stressful. And there was no sense of any sort of control over the Mm. situation. And I really struggled with that. Mm. So I just kind of said, if I'm going to work in chaos, I have to at least have some sort of, some sort of control over it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is like, it speaks to like what you were describing, like a, a value of wanting to have ownership over the work that you do and wanting to know that you, what your choices are and what your decisions are going to have an impact on the organization. And then it's also like, it's funny because you literally became a business owner. So ownership and own like ownership as a value and then owning mm-hmm. the business are related, but like also potentially distinct. And I think it was really important to have worked in the business. I mean, I worked in the business 10 years prior mm-hmm. to, to owning it. Yeah. And so I was really able to see okay, as an employee of this business, what can I, what is really good that the previous owner was doing, which was a lot of things, what can I do to improve upon that? I know what the employees feel like, hopefully, hopefully I'm creating an environment that they enjoy. Um, I think that was like the best way to go into business ownership. I can't imagine doing it any other way. It would be really hard to just be handed a business or to Mm -hmm. start one from the ground up as an owner instead of as an employee. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I, I think I really got to see a lot of different perspectives having started in one position and kind of 
worked my way up. Yeah. I feel like it's such a, a rare opportunity. Like, I feel like business ownership usually transfers once, like, you know, Julia, if you worked in like a traditional business setting, like when you were like 55 years old, you know, or something like that. Right. Um, or there are a lot of like newer businesses starting from the ground up right now in Milwaukee with related to, to food, um, mm-hmm. like the food and beverage industry. Um, so like, I, I don't feel like I hear as many of your kind of stories mm-hmm. um, at your age. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. So that's, that definitely makes it interesting. I'm curious to hear how you made that choice, like how you went from like, yes, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to own this business. What were some of the like decisions you had to think through in your head to, to make that happen? It's funny because I distinctly remember multiple moments working at the bakery where I thought, oh my God, I would never want to own a bakery. This seems so stressful. <laughs> Watching the previous owner. I mean, there's so many stresses that go along. Somebody quits. You can't find something. You have a stressful order. You have a customer that that is higher needs. You you know, there's just so many different facets. And I always remember thinking, I remember saying it out loud. I never want to own a business. And then when the previous owner kind of started to get the idea that um, she was looking to sell the business, I kind of started to turn my opinion around. And I kind of started to embrace the business aspects that I thought that she didn't enjoy very much because I think that's another thing. I think a lot of people go into a business, especially like a bakery because they have a passion strictly for baking and not for business. And that's Mm. dangerous because I would say owning a bakery is an 80, 20 split and the 20 is baking and the 80 is business. Mm -hmm. There is so much more that I do on a daily basis. That's answering emails, creating schedules, sourcing ingredients, um, you know, the, the really fun things are the create decorating cookies. I love doing that. Or like creating recipes, creating new, but a lot of that I leave to my employees. They're really talented at that stuff. Um, and as a business owner, it's more my responsibility to take on the business side of things. So I think that's a really important distinction. If you're going into something just because you have a passion for the creative aspect, consider not opening a business in that field because that really does, I think, take away for a lot of people mm-hmm. the enjoyment of the mm-hmm. creativity because they're so focused on the business side. Mm-hmm. So as it became more of a reality that I was going to take over this business, one of the smartest things I did was I asked one of the previous employers that I had hired at the time, or employees I had hired at the time, to partner with me. So I'm a 50-50 mm-hmm. partnership in both businesses. And that is a controversial topic. There's a lot of research that partnering is very dangerous that it can you know there's there's a lot of pros and cons I have only ever seen the pros I treat my business partnership it's like a marriage I mean we are essentially (laughs) married Mm -hmm. my business partner is Chelsea um we have a wonderful working relationship but we are truly in a marriage all of our financials are tied all of our Mm -hmm. decisions are tied um but on the plus side, I have somebody there to take over if I, if I have a family emergency. If I want to go on a vacation, it's much less stressful. We're sharing the stress. We're sharing mm-hmm. the responsibility. And we're sharing the benefits. So I, I, I highly recommend it. I would not do it with a person who is only your friend. Chelsea and I weren't friends before we partnered. That has mm-hmm. like developed afterwards. Um, find somebody who's like-minded and who shares a similar work ethic and a similar work style if you're going to go that route 
I think I lost track of the question. Sorry. <laughs> That's totally fine. No, it was super interesting. Because, like, how do you describe that as literally, like, a marriage of, like, I, I mean, I'm sure you're, like, legally bound by the fact that you both You really, it's like, yeah. You are married. I have, you know, Chelsea is my married work partner. And then I have my husband. <laughs> he has his own business. And he has a 50% partner. Oh, and wow. he's married to him. And so it's this big, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, it really, it, it, you really have to, and you have to be really real when there's a problem. Chelsea and I have gotten so good at immediately discussing the problem and not letting it linger. And because I think that's what happens too. I think little problems become big problems and then people are afraid to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's just important to have really open communication. Definitely sounds like a marriage. Uh, A good one. A good (laughs) one. You're you're doing a good good job. Yeah, right. Like you work on that relationship and it sort of speaks to the fact that like this has been how you got into this has been very relational. Like you, yes. yeah. you were working, you you went to the bakery that you'd previously had a relationship with as a former employee and you were like, hey, I'm not loving my office job. Can I work here instead? And then almost like that that 10 years that you said is like an apprenticeship in some ways of getting experience in all different aspects of the, build- the business before taking it on yourself and then having this other big relationship that's kind of foundational to there. So that just, I think, speaks to like you said, there's the business aspect, there's the baking aspect, but then it's also extremely about the people that you have around you to make sure that your business can be successful. And luck. It's really about luck. I am very, I, I never take credit for the fact that I was incredibly lucky to be in the right place at the right time to purchase a business that's in a thriving public market, um, to then open a second location that's in a really great area of Wauwatosa, um, it, it so much of it is really luck. You look at like the survival rate of businesses and it's not great, especially restaurants. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that isn't due to a person just being a bad business owner or f- it's just happenstance. So much of it is just happenstance. And I take that into consideration every single day. I always think this could end at any time. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not taking it for granted. I'm very aware that we are just in a very lucky situation when it comes to the business. Mm-hmm. there's definitely like the happenstance piece but then there's also things that I that like you mentioned that you did that kind of set that up to make that a possibility like instead of just buying a cookie you were like can I work here you know um, right and so for like, sure kind of making making opportunities within the happenstance I think is a really potentially actionable piece of advice has that always been easy for you to jump in and take an opportunity when you see it or is that something that you feel like you've grown in as you've grown into your own self yeah, no, I'm a, I'm in, like the most cautious person in the world. Um, I do, I'm incredibly risk adverse, incredibly. Mm. I don't like to do, I enjoy safety. I enjoy routine. So making those big decisions are, are is really, really difficult, me, difficult for me. I'm lucky to be married to a person who encourages me to make those types of leaps. Um, but once I'm in something, I'm very good and again, seeing the risk reward. So like when we purchased the bakery, we had a product line of breakfast items. They were amazing. They were delicious. They were authentic, but they were incredibly expensive. Mm. And I think the previous owner had great pride in these products as she should have, because she spent a lot of time developing these recipes and, you know, they were, they were amazing, but they weren't making any money. And so we right away just made the decision that we were going to cut that product out and it saved us thousands, thousands in ingredients in mm-hmm. labor. And I think those are the types of decisions that are really difficult for a lot of business owners. They're scared that they're going to let down customers. They're scared that they put so much time and effort into a product. And I understand that, but I think those are the types of decisive decisions that can make or break a business. 
And I think that's one of the things that both Chelsea and I are good at just saying, this is what we have to do right now. We're doing it. This is what makes sense. And customers are incredibly understanding. If you explain something like that to somebody, they get it. You know, it might be like sad that they can't get their scone, but once you explain it, it, it makes sense. They're reasonable. Mm -hmm. Everybody, you know, understands that the goal of a business is to stay afloat. So that's where I would say I am decisive, but I'm, I'm, overall an incredibly risk adverse like I, you'll never see me gambling i'd rather <laughs> die that's yeah. not a thing probably, i do so. probably no skydiving probably no no. Yeah. no i don't do yeah. things like that no yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm laughing because of the scone thing so I, I guess for some of our <laughs> listeners is i did work at the bakery as well i forgot and that's about how that. julia and i became friends so we are friends outside of this this podcast but we also wanted her on because she's an alum of the university but yeah the i remember the breakfast items like my mom was obsessed with the scones you know like yeah. every time she came into town <laughs> she was like and then after a while she was like where are the scones and i was like i don't know maybe they're sold out because they don't mm-hmm. you know they would sell out too and now they're just kind of gone and it's fine. She still comes to the bakery. She goes to Black Twig. She's found other things she loves. So kind of speaking to that customer of like, you're worried you're going to lose them potentially. But I think, um, yeah, if you're doing other things still really well, like it, it will work out. Um, there'll be other yeah. things for them to to. It's to important to know discover. your limits. That's, I yeah. think, an important thing. I think a lot of times when businesses are struggling, what they'll do is they'll be like, we got to diversify. We have to offer this, 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 this. And that becomes problematic. I think it's more important Mm -hmm. to kind of like hone in on one thing and do it really, really well and become the place for that particular thing Mm -hmm. than try to create 500 different products. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, I think that's a, I mean, some people can do it, but Mm -hmm. not me. So, (laughs) well, um, as we're kind of wrapping up here, I'm thinking about, we, we definitely haven't talked a lot about Marquette um, and wondering what advice you would maybe have for a young person who is in college um, right now. It may not be necessarily even at Marquette. Our podcast is for just all college aged or attending students. Um, Yeah. I feel like you touched a little bit on some advice, but, anything you would recommend strongly that they do or don't do? I would say my number one piece of advice would just be to have a plan. Um, I, I, again, I'm incredibly grateful for my time at Marquette, but I'm mostly grateful that I'm not hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt because of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do think college can be a good financial decision if you have a plan and if you take time before heading into it. I think it's more common now to take a gap year to really mm-hmm. figure out what you want to do to figure. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that prior to going to college. I didn't have um, a plan of what I was going to do. I didn't go as a career minded individual and I wish I would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's what I'm telling my own children. I have three kids and I really am trying to tell them whether you're heading into a trade school, whether you're heading into a traditional college, whether you're not doing it at all and you're just going to take a lump of money and start investing or buying real estate or whatever, just have some sort of plan of a thing that you want to do out of a thing that you think can both sustain you and bring you joy. Mm -hmm. 
because I do think it's a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a myth, the whole find the thing you love and you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> I don't think that that exists. And I don't think that's necessarily bad. I think it's just finding the right combination of joy and work that sustains you on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So that's my only advice. <laughs> yeah. No, that's like a lifetime worth of advice. Like in the, a little, there's lots of good nuggets there. <laughs> And great reasons to come and see us in the Career Services Center. Exactly. If Mm -hmm. you're in college and you hear this and you get worried, that's literally what our office is here for. Mm -hmm. So we don't, you know, it's hard to know when you're 18 how to even make a plan. What does Mm -hmm. a plan look like? Like your plan also can change, but having that purpose or direction that you're aiming for um, and keeping that in the back of your mind while you're pursuing your degree or you're in college will be much more useful than just graduating at the end and then deciding what the heck am I doing? Yeah, exactly. I think as long as you can create a situation, because college is so fun. I had so much fun, but if you can create a situation where you can have fun and enjoy it and also be working towards chipping away at a plan so that when Mm -hmm. you graduate, you're just not lost, which I think a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. I know I was totally lost the day that I graduated. So Mm -hmm. I wish I would have, gone in with more of a decisive plan in mind yeah yeah because I feel like I felt similar too I was like I think the long term the goal when you graduate shouldn't be feeling like I had this great experience and now I feel sadness or lost or scared or worried you should be like hopefully graduating and be excited about the next thing Mm-hmm. whatever yeah. that may be um yes and so because like what how much does that kind of stink to be like putting all this good stuff into those four years and then the seconds it's over being having a negative feeling you want to have a, a good feeling at the end of that and so right you don't want to feel lost you want to right. feel empowered mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i'm moving forward i've done this step and now this step is leading me to the next thing and it's not just the end of a chapter mm-hmm. which i think is how a lot of people feel yeah yeah but yet, like acknowledging as a student, you have the power to set yourself up while you're here. Mm-hmm. You're not like a, a victim or a some sort of like it's happening to you that at the end you're now like lost. Um, there are people here that can help you do that. And it doesn't mean it's always going to work out either, um, I think. Right. Julie could probably speak to that too. Like you could try really hard to have a plan and it's still not work out. But mm-hmm. Um, with all that money you're spending or, or not at Marquette, come see us at the Career Services Center, talk to faculty, talk to staff. Um, yeah, just use up all your resources that you can while Definitely. you're here. Yeah, we're here. Um, two things for you, Julie, before we wrap up. I understand you are potentially looking for employees. You want to talk a little bit about what types of opportunities might be available if there's any people who are looking for a job? Yeah. Yeah, if anybody is looking for a part-time job, um, we are always hiring front staff um, and even some bakers part-time at the public market. It's just a short bus ride or walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, so feel free to send resumes. Can I give an email? Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll, put, we'll put Julia's email in the show notes. Okay. So that way you can... It's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just put it in the show notes and... Um, send your resumes my way. It's a fun place to work. It's a really fun, lively environment, especially if you want to like meet other people, the public markets always happen. Um, we're always looking for employees at Black Twig too, but that's a little farther away. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And what, what would you say is one really good skill that they'll get from that experience? I would say the biggest thing you'll get from that experience is 
communicating with people. Customer service, I think everybody should have to work a customer service position at some point in their lives. I think people who don't have to do that, it's a massive disservice to yourself because not only does it make you a more patient, a more understanding person, it makes you a better customer. Mm. It makes you a better person. Yeah. The, when I, Having waitressed and done all those customer service things for so much of my life, anytime I go into a restaurant, I have automatic sympathy for every waitress or waitstaff person that I deal with. It just makes you a better human, truly. Like I, I just think it should be a necessary thing that every person does at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. We'd all be much nicer to each other. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thanks for plugging that. And then my last thing, just as a, just sort of a fun way to end, do you have a favorite item that you like of all the products that you make in your bakeries or something that you think is the best thing or your favorite thing? I love our key lime pie at mm. Sea Adams. It is so delicious. It's my favorite. And then at Black Twig, I love our ice cream sandwiches. We have like a series of different ice cream sandwiches and they're mm-hmm. delish. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wow. Well, it's too early to eat tonight. Well, actually, I don't know. It's almost 11 o'clock. Could be, uh, could be a ice cream sandwich for lunch type of day. <laughs> well, thanks for your time today, Julia. It's been great to learn more about you. And um, thanks for sharing your story with our listeners and with Marquette students. Thank you for having me. the Career Services Center staff at Marquette University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Thanks for listening.